Let us pray. Everlasting Father, we thank you because you are here in our midst. We thank you because your word is here and amen. And it is settled in heaven. We thank you because you are the same yesterday, today and forever. Thank you because heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never, never pass away. And so at a time like this, Heavenly Father, we surrender to you, body, soul, and spirit. I'm asking that you speak through me this afternoon, Lord God Almighty. Glorify your name. Have your way, O God, in the name of Jesus. And as you have heard about, Lord God Almighty, the diabolical plans of the enemy, the things that he is doing, Heavenly Father, Lord God, our children, we commit them into your mighty hands. We pray that, Father, you will touch them in the name of Jesus. You also give us wisdom, Lord God Almighty, on how to raise them in the way that they should go. Because your word says that we should train up a child in the way he should go, that when he's old, he will not depart from it. Father, our children will not depart from your ways. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory, Lord. And we bless you, Heavenly Father. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new so very
Hallelujah. Let's give a hand clap for Jesus. Praise the Lord. Please stand with me to John chapter 15. I'll be reading verses 1 to 8. And then I'll read Jude verse 3. Now Jude has only one chapter. John chapter 15 verses 1 to 8. Once again, I want to welcome all of you to the house of the Lord. Brother Steve, it's good to see you. Amen. Sister Elo, it's good to see you. Amen. Brother Gideon, you're welcome in the mighty name of the Jesus. Amen. And all of you, who you're all welcome in Jesus' name. Amen. Now the Bible says, John chapter 15, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. This was Jesus speaking. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruits. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's please turn to Jude, verse 3. Jude, verse 3. says, Beloved, while I was very diligent, to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, Jude described himself as a born servant of Jesus Christ. And he was admonishing, as it were, the Christians to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Amen? Amen? Which is why I want to speak to you on being a disciple. We cannot overemphasize that. In the world that we are living today, the enemy is at work. In fact, the Bible says that the Satan has transformed himself into an angel of light. In our institutions of learning, he is busy perpetrating or propagating, as it were, ideologies, philosophies that are contrary to the word of God. He is after our youth. Not only is he after our youth, he's after the adults also. Praise the Lord. Today we are in the 21st century. It is 2022, isn't it? Praise the Lord. I went to a, an institution in Calabar called Hope World Training Institution. It was established by missionaries. 
this country and travel worldwide to spread the gospel. Today, is that happening? The very country that spread the gospel has been infiltrated by people from all walks of life. Today, you rarely hear God in our institutions, in the classrooms. What is happening? Praise the Lord. We can't afford to be like a desical about this. We can't afford to procrastinate. We can't afford to, you know, be unconcerned as it were. We can't afford to give up or give in. We must press on in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That is why we need to consider what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. You know, the Bible talks about Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee. He met Peter and his brother Andrew. Praise the Lord. These were professional fishermen. They were established in their profession. They did not lack for what to eat. Hallelujah. They were not idle people. But when Jesus called in the Bible, says they left their nets and followed Jesus. Praise the Lord. Were they crazy? Were they lunatics? No. They saw in Jesus that which you and I should see in him. Praise the Lord. And they decided, you know what? Being a disciple of Jesus is far better than any other occupation. Hmm. Has it changed today? No. That's what the Bible says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. It hasn't changed in the 21st century. It will not change in the 22nd century. It will not change in the 23rd century. In Jesus' tarries, praise the Lord. The word of God is yea and amen. And it is settled in heaven. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, the enemy is so subtle. Hallelujah. That even in our own homes, if we're not careful, we begin to allow things to, you know, weigh us down. My mind went to Ananias and Sapphira in the early church. You know the story, isn't it? These were elders in the church, well respected, for goodness sake. On the day that they died, I think it is fair to say that they did not know they were going to die. Why? Because they were caught up in carnality. All the other people sold their property, brought the proceeds to the church, laid the money at the feet of the apostles. When they sold their property, what did they do? By the way, you have to understand, they were not forced to sell their property. Amen? They were not compelled in any way to bring the money or part of it before the apostles. If they had kept the money, nothing would have happened, praise the Lord. If they had come to the apostles and said, you know what, we sold our property. We decided to use part of the money for one thing or the other. We won't have the story in the Bible today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But they wanted to give an impression that was false. They went to the apostles and said, well, this money we present to you. This is the money that we obtained from the sale of our property. And Peter, by the power of the Holy Spirit, may God give us discernment in the mighty name of Jesus. You see, that day, contrary to their expectation, they were exposed. Mm. Peter asks, and then asked again and again, and he decided to stand uh, by his false 
story. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit touched him and he expired. Praise the Lord. And the same thing happened to his wife. I'm not saying that to scare anyone. But all I'm saying is that it is so easy, isn't it, to be deceived. No one in the Bible says, let he who stands take it, lest he falls. Hallelujah. And this is the other thing that you and I need to take care of. What are our children seeing us do? It's only so easy on a Sunday to come and thank God that you are all here. Hallelujah. The Bible says we should not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. Yet you and I know that on a day like this, in fact today or a Sunday, has been described as the most segregated day in the history of mankind. Why? Because we go to church on Sunday. Hallelujah. A lot of what is happening is an appearance, an impression. We want to give the impression that, oh, we are children of God. We are serving God. We come to church on Sunday. We know the Christianese. We know the songs. We know how to dance. We know how to rock. But go to our houses on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What's going on? When our children see that you think they don't learn something. When they see that, you know, we don't take seriously the faith that we, we profess or confess. They know that this thing that we're involved in is not serious for us. May God deliver us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We are the people that our children look up to. You can't give what you don't have. We can't tell our children in the homes to obey God when we're not following God. You see, Apostle Paul said, imitate me as I do what? Imitate Christ. If I tell my children who are all grown up now to follow Jesus and I'm not following him, what am I? I am a hypocrite. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Oh, that is why I'm not trying to brag or anything. My adopted children are all grown up. Late 30s and 40s. And one day, Kelly came to me and said, Dad, I said, what? He said, I want to thank God for you. I said, why? What is this now? Why? He said, I thank God for you because you have always told us what to do and what to do to do what is right. That day, I was so pleased. I was so happy. I was saying, Lord, I thank you. Because it's not by my power, it's not by my might, it's by the grace and the spirit of the living God. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train them up. When they're stubborn, train them up. Hallelujah. And of course, back home, we delivered what we call, you know, the parental discipline. Hello. Hi. Glory be to God. Amen. You know, here in the New Life International Mission, I'm sure the leaders would remember us saying that the main thing is what? Is to keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing is to keep the main thing what? The main thing. And what is the main thing? The main thing is discipleship. That is why Jesus said in Matthew 28, we should do what? Make disciples of all nations. He called Peter. He called Andrew. He called Matthew. He called John and the rest of them to be what? His disciples. 
Are you a disciple of Jesus? If you are born again, are you a disciple of Jesus? Hallelujah. Amen. What does it mean to contend for the faith? What does it mean to contend? You know, I went to the dictionary. I'm going to just put out some phrases there so that you can just, you know, um, process this. It says to struggle to surmount a difficulty. Goes on to say to cope with, face, grapple with, deal with, take on, pit oneself against, resist, withstand. Goes on to say it's asserting something as a position in an argument. Goes on to say it is to compete in order to win something. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. To contend for the faith. Means that, you know, when you hear anybody say anything that is contrary to the word of God, you say, ah, with all due respect to you, respectfully, this is not what is the case. This is what the Bible says. Of course, it's knowing one. First of all, we have to know what the Bible says, isn't it? Because if you don't know what the Bible says, you can't say anything about what you are hearing, can you? So what makes one a disciple of Jesus? You know, it's quite interesting that in Matthew chapter 4, the Bible says that when you read Matthew chapter 4, that is where Jesus began to call on Peter and Andrew. But the Bible says that he had fasted and prayed for 40 days and what? 40 nights. Hallelujah. And I I was thinking about that. I thought, wow. You know, fasting does not necessarily do what? Eliminate temptations. Hello. Praise the Lord. Many people fast for a lot of things, isn't it? Some fast that fire and thunder will come down upon their enemies. God forbid bad thing in the name of Jesus. The Bible says we should love our enemies and pray for those who spitefully use us. But fasting and prayer is biblical. You know, it's a spiritual discipline. Praise the Lord. Amen. But quite interesting that the devil did not even fear Jesus came to tempt him after Jesus had fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights. But it was as a result of his fasting and prayer that he did what he chose his disciples. Amen? What is the thing that we learn from that? We need to be able to wait upon the Lord. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall do what shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Do you want to be strong? Do you want to be wise? Do you want to know where you are going? Do you want the light of the Lord to shine in and through you? Wait upon the Lord. Don't put the cart before the horse. Hi! Let the Lord lead you. That's why the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will do what? He will direct you. He will, not may. He will. God will. Hallelujah. He will. And if God directs your path, can you make a mistake? No. No way. Can you go astray? No. no. He will. Amen. Praise the Lord. I know that there are people here who have testimonies. If we had the time, you know, we'll call them on to give testimonies of what the Lord has done for them. Waiting upon the Lord, the Lord led them. Praise the Lord. Like the servant of Abraham. Abraham told him to go and get a wife for his son Isaac. His name was Eliezer. Eliezer went, you know what? And he said, hey, 
I being in the way, the Lord led me. I being in the way, the Lord led me. Praise the Lord. May you be in the way in the name of Jesus. You know, uh, the other thing I was kind of pondering over was that in the beginning, Jesus started with discipleship, basically. He called men to be his disciples. Amen? And at the end, he gave the great commission, which is centered around discipleship. Go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them or baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all things that I have taught you. How many people are you teaching? Amen. Amen. He said, follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. You know, it resonates with me because my hometown around is a fishing port. Unfortunately, many people from around cannot even afford fish that comes from around. Such a crazy situation, isn't it? Hallelujah. Economically, they have run us out because of bad management. You know, poor mindset. Hallelujah. But anyway, when a fisherman goes to the sea for fish, praise the Lord, I've never heard a fisherman say, well, you know what? I'm going out to fish and I'm going to stay at the shore to catch fish. Never, it will never happen. Praise the Lord. They get themselves prepared, don't they? They get into the canoe and usually in the night when it's very cold when others are sleeping, they row out there to the deep sea. Mm. They cast the nets down and they wait. They wait. Hallelujah. And when the fish is caught, what happens? I've never seen anybody catch fish and say, okay, this is so nice, it's so nice, it's going to be very, very delicious. I'm just going to put it in the saucepan and cook it the way it is. It doesn't happen, does it? What do you do? You clean the fish. You remove the entrails or whatever they call it. Amen? And those who are well-versed in cooking, they put all the condiments and when they say, mm, this is so fantastic. Praise the Lord. But it takes time and effort, isn't it? And so in the same way, if we're going to disciple people, it will take time. It will take energy. Our finances will be involved, isn't it? Amen? We must learn the word of God in order to be able to teach them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So here in the New Life International Center, we say that this church is a discipling and a transforming church. Praise the Lord. Because if we're going to be transformed, we must be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Who here doesn't want to follow Jesus? Okay, let me put it another way. How many want to follow Jesus? Let me see your hand up. (sighs) Praise the Lord. Why is it it a good thing to desire to follow Jesus? Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I want to say before I continue, if you are here and you haven't received Jesus as your personal Savior, today is the day. Hallelujah. The Bible says in John 1 and verse 12, For as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And the Bible says again in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, If any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Praise the Lord, somebody. Yes, some of us stand here as evidence of the fact that the power of God has transformed us. And it will transform you if you give your life unto Jesus. Amen. Amen. So discipleship is the main thing in Christianity. It is the key to kingdom living. It is the key to kingdom demonstration. It is the key to kingdom expansion. 
A disciple of Jesus is a follower, not a fan. You know the fans? Hello? You know what a fan is? F-A-N, not a fan that turns around, but a fan. A fan of maybe a football team. Praise the Lord. Hello? They follow when the going is good, isn't it? When their teams are on top. When the people, the young as you know, dribble and score goals. Hallelujah. They say, yeah, my team is right there. Amen? But if the team starts floundering and failing and go, you're going down and down the league table, it's, ah! it's team. They don't know what they're starting. They get the bull. That is why Jesus, the same people who cried who, who at him, oh, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. They praise him, isn't it? They put their shares and everything on the floor, on the ground for him. They were the same people who a few days later were crying out. At the top of their voices, crucify him. Crucify him. We will not be fans in the name of Jesus. We will be followers in the name of Jesus. A follower follows in all situations. In sickness and in health. In wealth and in poverty. In summer and in winter. In plenty and in lack. A follower does not jump ship. Amen. A follower, a follower stays rooted to the word of God. Amen. And in order for us to make disciples, we must first of all be disciples. Amen. We are not disciples because we come to church. We are not disciples because we claim to be disciples. We are not disciples because we wish to be disciples. We cannot be disciples unless we fall at the feet of Jesus in total surrender. If not a disciple, then not a follower. The point is that you cannot be a disciple if you are not a follower of Jesus. Praise the Lord. You see how important this is? You know, I was going through the word of God and I decided to bring up all those passages that talk about discipleship. Actually, in John chapter 15, that we read in verse 8, Jesus said, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear what? Much fruit, so you will be my disciple. So there is a relationship between fruitfulness and discipleship. How many of us want to be fruitful? In fact, if you don't raise up your hand, I'll be surprised. Because let me tell you now, fruitfulness is in our DNA. Hello? If you read in, 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 in Genesis, you know, God said, be fruitful and what? Multiply. Even after the flood, after the flood had destroyed everything and destroyed all the people who were evil, God told Noah, be fruitful and multiply. He even told the animals, be fruitful and multiply. Therefore, there is something inside us, inside our DNA that yearns for fruitfulness. Praise the Lord. And yet the Bible is telling us, God is telling us this morning, if we are going to be fruitful, we need to be disciples of Jesus because there is a connection, isn't it, between fruitfulness and discipleship. I'm just going to read some verses here which turn or point us to the conditions for discipleship and fruitfulness. Amen? Pardon me if you hear me speaking with, with a list because of this uh, experience that I've been having for some time now, a gap in my teeth. <sighs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 14 and verse 27, the Bible says, And whoever does not bear his cross 
and come after me cannot be my disciple. Are those my words? No. Those are the words of Jesus. What does it mean to bear one's cross? It could be a challenge. Usually it involves sacrifice, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. In fact, the bottom line is that we are surrendered to him 100%. If he tells us to go to the Pacific Ocean, we let go our preferences and go to the Pacific Ocean, praise the Lord. An example of that is when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that as he was praying, his sweat was like drops of blood. And he said, oh God, if it's possible, take this cup away from me. But nevertheless, let your will be done. And by the way, the Bible talks about bearing a cross daily. It's not a monthly affair. It's not a, a quarterly affair. It's not a yearly affair. It's a daily affair. Praise the Lord. So if you wake up in the morning and cry out unto God, Lord, lead me through the cross you have for me today, you are not out of place. Hello. Amen. Praise the Lord. Obviously, I'm aware that it's something that the flesh does not want to hear. But that is the truth. Praise the Lord. Amen. And we're not going to run away from the truth in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're not going to circumvent the truth in the name of Jesus. Amen. Because if it is not true, Jesus would not have said it. He knows it is good for me. It is good for you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. When we bear our crosses, whatever they are, the Lord will lead us through in the name of Jesus. We will shine like stars. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Luke 14, verse 33. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. What did he mean? Forsake all that he has. Well, it just means that, isn't it? It's not ambiguous. There is no hidden meaning. It is just what it says. Hallelujah. We have an example, isn't it? Of the rich man who came to Jesus. Remember? Yeah. Remember? Yeah. The rich man, the, he was a young guy. Rich. Had a good business acumen. He invested. He had lots of money probably. A millionaire made several times over. By today's standards. And Jesus told, he said, Oh, you know what, Lord? I've come to you. I have a very important question. And Jesus said, okay, what is it? He said, well, how can I gain eternal life? Well, Jesus in his usual way told him, well, read what the Bible says. What does it say? You shall do what? Love the Lord your God. Love your enemies. You should not commit adultery. You should not get engaged in anything that does not please God. And men say, ah, I've kept all these things. I was a young kid. Jesus said, okay, fine. Said, so, okay. And the Bible says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Said, fine. Now, go and sell your property. Hello? Give the money to them. And come and follow me. Then you will have treasure in heaven. Amen. The man said, Kai, this one is too much. He thought about all the luxury he had been accustomed to. He said, ah, 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 ah. I cannot leave this one though. Amen. He went away very, very sad. And even if you read that passage further down, Jesus said, It is more difficult. Or he said, It is easier. 
For a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. It's not that Jesus was against riches. Jesus was about where our heart is. Hello? For where your heart is, there your treasure is also. Hallelujah. So it surprises me when people come and then you know, give an impression that their hearts are in heaven when their treasures are on earth. That is an impossibility. It's a contradiction. It can't happen. Hallelujah. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So what does that mean? It means that we must be abiding in the word of God. Amen? To be a disciple, we must be abiding in the word of God. To be a disciple of Jesus, we must forsake all. To be a disciple, we must bear our cross daily. Hallelujah. In John chapter 13 and verse, sorry, 15 and verse 8, which I just read, said, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. A disciple bears much fruit. Praise the Lord. John 13, verse 35. The Bible says, By this all men will know you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. To be a disciple, we must love one another with the love of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. In Luke 14, verse 26, Jesus said, And all these are the words of Jesus. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. What is the condition? Hating father, mother, children, brothers, sisters, and one's life. What exactly does that mean? Loving Jesus more than all these things. Amen? Loving Jesus so that the love we have for these things will be will, you know, kind of uh, pale into insignificance. Praise the Lord. And then, talk about making disciples of all nations in Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, making disciples of all nations. As I said previously, there's a connection between fruitfulness and discipleship. You can't have one without the other. So this raises the questions as to what fruitfulness is all about. Praise the Lord. Being a disciple of Jesus. Are you a disciple of Jesus? Are you a disciple of Jesus? Do you want to be a disciple of Jesus? And if you say you are a disciple of Jesus, do you meet those conditions that have just read? Praise the Lord. You know, it's so easy to say, well, this doesn't doesn't apply to me. I'm fine. Yet, today in our Sunday school, we were reminded, isn't it? This is why I like the Sunday school. We are always reminded again and again of the word of God, the truth of God, where it says, watch! For you don't know when the master will come. Watch. Watch. Be alert. Be vigilant. Ask yourself, where am I? Am I a disciple? Praise the Lord. 
Am I discipling someone? Do I love God above all else? Praise the Lord. Do I, am I ready to forsake all or am I forsaking all in my heart for God? Is there anything that is too difficult for me to let go that God might be enthroned in my heart? Amen. Amen. So, in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, the Bible says, And God blessed them, granting them certain authority, and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subjugate it, putting it under your power, and rule over, dominate the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves upon the earth. It's, praise the Lord. Isn't that something that, you know, is quite, uh, you know, interesting? That God wants us to be fruitful. He's telling us what it's all about, how we can subjugate, you know, dominate, so to speak. Fill the earth. Hallelujah. And yet, in a real sense, this is connected to discipleship. 2022 in the New Life International Mission has been dubbed the year of what? Reaping and harvesting. Reaping and harvesting. Praise the Lord. And that involves obviously evangelism. We go out for evangelism twice every month. In fact, three times every month when you include Granby Market over here. And the Lord has been helping us. Amen. Yet we are, you know, anticipating that he's going to move even in greater ways. Praise the Lord. We think about Granby. We think about all the people in Liverpool. We think about those who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. We think that, you know, or we consider that to be an important responsibility that the Lord has given unto us. And what does that normally involve, reaping and harvesting? Well, sowing, planting, toiling. You know, that has to be done, isn't it? And then, of course, at the end, we would realize whether we are being fruitful by the end product. The end product. The end product. Hallelujah. So can you imagine if somebody sows, you know, crops or whatever, and at the end of the day goes back to the land to check whether he, that there has been fruit and there is no fruit. Can that person be, say that there has been fruitfulness? No. In other words, there is always evidence for fruitfulness. That is the point I'm trying to make. Always evidence for fruitfulness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Being a disciple of Jesus. We can't, you know, run away from this fundamental principle. You know, as I was thinking about this, my mind went back to what we read in Jude 1 and verse 3. Jude 1 and verse 3. It says, contend for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Contend for the faith. As I draw this to a close, I don't know those of you who have done, I don't know when's the last time you did some mathematics problems. One of the fundamental principles in mathematics is what we call order of operations. Board mass. It doesn't care whether you're doing, doesn't matter whether you're doing calculus at the undergraduate level or you're doing first Order differential equations at the postgraduate level, it doesn't really matter. Board mass is integrated, so to speak. And guess what? You find out that people who are undergraduates have not come to grips with board mass. Hello? Yes, they have not come to grips 
with fractions. That many don't know how to add fractions, don't know how to subtract fractions, don't know how to multiply fractions, don't know how to divide fractions, and they are undergraduates and postgraduate students. What's going on? Oh, they said they will use their calculator. Thank you, Auntie Eunice. But the point is that, you know, when they do these calculations and the calculator says error, they have no clue what has happened. And I remind them, your cal the calculator is only as good as the mathematician. But that is the reality. So I do understand. Amen. How important it is to remind ourselves of these fundamental principles of our faith. Every day we are confronted with whether to go forward with the things of the Lord or to go backwards. You wake up every morning and we have prayer meeting from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Hello? Hello? Is there anybody here who has always felt that their body is in top condition for the prayer meeting? Have you ever had a day when your body says, you know, why don't you just lie down and forget about it today? If you are there, let's see your hands up. Pray to the Lord. Hello? What do you do? You tell your flesh to find its place. And you do what you have to do. Amen? You rise up and say, I must participate in this prayer. And that is what we're doing here right now. We are reminding ourselves of what it takes to be right where the Lord wants us to be. Amen? Discipleship is key. Cannot be underestimated or overemphasized. As I just bring this to an end, I want to remind us of some things that we should be participating in. Giving. Amen? Amen. Giving. Now, I'm not going into any kind of controversy here, but I believe, and I'm going to read that passage, or this, I'm just going to give you the, 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 you know, um, the you know, reference. In First Corinthians, or Second Corinthians, I think, Second Corinthians chapter 9, Second Corinthians chapter 9, and I'll read from verses 6 to, to, to 11. It says here, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap what? Sparingly. Amen. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let one, each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for the Lord, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed he, you have sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness." While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Amen? Amen. Sometime towards the tail end of this service, we are going to be giving our offerings. Amen? Amen. Giving our tithes, which is basically one-tenth. Amen? Amen? It doesn't have to be one-tenth. There's nothing in the Bible that says that, you know, it is, you know, tied to one-tenth. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? Because everything belongs to God. It's not a legalistic requirement. It's about the condition of our heart. Amen? Amen? If you give your tithe and your heart is not there, then that tithe is worthless. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We must be able to give cheerfully. God loves a cheerful giver. 
prayer. The Bible says we should pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. Fellowship. Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. Witnessing. Mark 16, 15. We should preach the gospel to all creation. Abiding. That is abiding in Jesus. As we read in John chapter 15 and verse 4, the Bible says, Jesus said, Abide in me and I in you, for without me you can do nothing. Sacrifice, Romans 12 verses 1 and 2, where the Bible says that, you know, we should do what? Offer our bodies as living sacrifices unto the Lord, for that is our reasonable service. And Bible study, study to show yourself approved, 2 Timothy 2 Verse 15, a workman that needs not be ashamed of the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So as I bring this to a conclusion, I just want to ask certain questions that you ponder on before we pray. Amen. Are you a disciple of Jesus? And let me point out here. Only disciples will make heaven. Because only disciples are followers. Only followers can make heaven. And followers are disciples. Hallelujah. So what do we need to do? Contend for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. As I bring this to a close, I want to reiterate something I said at the very beginning. Which is how... Have we made our children disciples? Because the Bible said, Jesus said, make disciples of all nations. What are they observing in our lives? How do we expect them to take church seriously when we don't take church seriously? On a Sunday like this, many dress up, leave their homes and come to church and that is good. But what is taking place in our homes? Praise the Lord. Being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's either we are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ or we are not disciples. As we bow our heads to pray, I want you to think about it. Are you a disciple of Jesus? Are you a disciple of Jesus? We can't run away from this, my brethren. This is what the Lord God Almighty requires of us to do. Are you a disciple? Let us pray. Call upon the name of the Lord right now. Ask him for the grace to let go and let him. You see, the connection between discipleship and fruitfulness informs us or tells us that, you know, fruitfulness is what God wants us or wants of us. He has given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. He wants us to be fruitful. Praise the Lord. But are you a disciple? Because you cannot be fruitful unless you are a disciple. Pray. Ask the Lord to help you. Because that is the bottom line. That is the beacon, as it were, that we are going to be pointed to when we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you a disciple? Are you a disciple? Are you a disciple? I have decided 
to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No Hallelujah. Listen to me very carefully. I want only those who have decided to follow Jesus to sing that song. And please pay attention to what I'm saying now. What I mean by following Jesus is that you have decided you are going to let go and let go. You are going to obey him 100%. You are going to surrender everything to him. Please, if you have not decided to do that, singing that song with all due respect to you would be a sign of hypocrisy. I know we know the song, but I want you to sing it with conviction. And I stand here before you, that is what I have decided. It doesn't matter where Jesus calls me, I will go for his glory. It's not what I think. It's what Jesus wants. Amen? So I want you to think about it as you sing it. Let it be a confession. Let it be a prayer. Let it be something that you have decided as a result of what you have heard today. Or maybe what the Holy Spirit has ministered to you before now. Let us sing it. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have Decided, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. This one we're going to sing it. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, before me the world Cross before me. 
before I pray, I want to remind us that Judas Iscariot was known as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. But when he faced the test, he failed it woefully. So as I am about to pray, I want this time to be a time of commitment, brethren. That, 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 that is because in the world we are living today, unless we decide wholeheartedly to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, we may be distracted. So if you are there and all you want, all you desire is the Lord to have you, to lead you, to be fully in control, raise up your right hand as I pray right now. Raise up your right hand. This is not about, you know, between you and any person. It's between you and God. You want the Lord to lead you. You want him to guide you. You want to be a disciple of Jesus. As I pray, the Lord will empower you in the name of Jesus. As I pray, you will have, you know, a different understanding of what is involved in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your word, Heavenly Father. I commit my brethren who have raised up their right hands to you, Lord, realizing that without you they can do nothing, but with you they can do all things. Realizing that, Lord, the way forward is to be a disciple of Jesus. I pray right now, mighty God, give them all that they need in the name of Jesus. Empower them, Lord God Almighty. Open their eyes and open their ears and open their hearts to receive from you, to move forward, oh God, in the power of the Holy Spirit, that wherever they might find themselves, be it on the road or in the classroom or at places of work, they will shine with the light of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, all barriers that have prevented them from them prevented them from functioning as disciples we destroy right now in the name of Jesus we say father let your anointing fall upon them in the name of Jesus I cover them right now with the blood of Jesus it will never again be the same today is a day of change today is a day of heavenly father Lord God almighty revival today is a day of resurgence in the name of Jesus thank you father we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. Thank you for your word, Lord God Almighty. Granby is for Christ. Liverpool is for Christ. United Kingdom is for Christ. We are for you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. We pray all this, oh God. In the name of Jesus. And God's people said,